0: amen. Amen. All week long, the Lord has been dealing with me about what I'm fixing to share with you. And it's one of those rhema words. It's one of those things from the Lord. Let me qualify something to you as a congregation. Wow. How do I say this? When I got born again, God began to give me the knowledge I have via revelation. I Everything I know today, I learned it from the Lord himself. Um, I know that sounds strange to your ears. What that means is I actually operate in the earth as a prophet. The body of Christ doesn't understand that. We recognize pastor and evangelist and teacher, it's the only thing the body recognizes. They don't understand apostles, and they don't understand prophets. Well, a prophet is not a weird person. That just, whoo, That's not a prophet. A prophet is a person who gets his sermons in prayer, not books. When I first started pastoring, I was very, very uncomfortable with this job. Because I didn't look, walk, talk like anybody I knew. I've had preachers look at me when I walked up on a platform with a five by seven index card and they said, those are your notes? And I went, that's all I need. And they walk up with four pages, handwritten, that they wrote last year. And he's never allowed me to do that. And because of that, Until I met Mary Fran, I was I felt strange. But I know this, and I've had to learn something about him and his personality. When he tells me to do something, I do it. I had a lady walk up to me one day and she says, You scare me. I said, Why? She says, I never know what you're gonna say. (laughs) I don't either. I understand that people don't understand that. That's 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 different. What I'm going to preach to you this morning is is about the time we're living in and how to get ready for what's ahead. And we all here need to hear this message. So the sermon title is very simple: "The Bread of Life." Very simple, very simple title. I want to read a scripture before I begin. Are y'all ready? Luke 4.3, Jesus answered, he's talking to the devil and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word of God. There is something on this earth called bread. Now we have to qualify the bread Jesus is talking about versus the stuff you buy at Walmart, Kmart and Winn-Dixie. So I brought a little illustration this morning. I want to show you something. This right here is wheat. This is real wheat. Many of you have been in some of the meetings where you've seen, I make my own bread. I don't eat that trash that covers your burger because it's dead. In order to preserve it, they took the life out of it so it would sit on your shelf. And it'll make you fat and sick. But real bread will not. But there's something different. What I'm holding in my hand right here is wheat. If we took this wheat and left it in this jar in 1,000 years from today, it'd still be good. It's good. There's nothing wrong with the wheat. If they, they took wheat out of King Tut's tomb. They planted it, and you know what happened? It grew. You could grind it into bread. This wheat is worthless until you grind it. So is this. Jesus said, you don't live by bread alone. Everything you and I do every day of our life in the natural is not where your life is coming from. This is. Without this, you don't have life. You don't have life. There is not a book on the planet. This book is not a book. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This book is God. Other books you read are not everything you're doing outside of your Bible is worthless bread. It's necessary. So I take this and I grind it into, into flour. How long is that good for then? About three or four days. After that, it's worthless So often, you sit down and spend time, pick up a Bible, and you begin to read it, and you get all excited, and God begins to speak to you, and you take the word, and you meditate on it, and you grind it, and you're like, oh, that is so awesome. That's good until tomorrow. And you're going to have to do it again. So Jesus made an astounding statement. He said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now, there's another scripture, um, you don't have to put it up, Matthew 6. Give us today our daily bread. What The, the scripture you read yesterday is gone. The, the joy from it, the excitement, the nutrition from it, it's gone. So I'm going to make a quote right now, and before I do, go to Hebrews 4. 12 and let me. Hmm, let me just read this. The word of God is what? It's living. It's powerful. And sharpened a two-edged sword, piercing even the d- division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, the discern of thoughts and antenna the, thought. the word of God is the only thing that'll do that. There nothing else on the planet will feed your spirit, but your Bible. And your Bible on the shelf is worthless. Now, now I'm going to say something here, and I want you to listen very carefully to what I'm about to say. The Lord said this to me the other day, and this started me off to really studying what I'm fixing to preach Because the body of Christ today has traded um, the word discipleship for the word leadership. What's the difference? Is leadership a bad word? No, it's not. It's actually a very good work. I have a book, I tried to find it a while ago, called The Leadership Teachings of Jesus. Jesus never taught leadership. It went real quiet in this Baptist church. What is leadership? Where did leadership teaching come from? Because all of you have been in leadership meetings. I have too. We have them. John Maxwell, I went down to one of his meetings one day and he was, a man asked him, they said, John, where do you get your material? It is so good. He said, you wouldn't believe it if I told you. He said, yes, I would. Tell me where you're getting it. He said, I'm getting it out of the Bible. All leadership is coming out of your Bible. But they had to do something before they took it corporate. They had to take consecration to God out of it. Leadership is Bible principles minus consecration to God. You can't take consecration to God to Chick-fil-A and teach it. The body of Christ today is feeding on dead bread, boy, it went well quiet in here. Lisa and I, because and, I, and a lot of the stories I'm going to tell you are outside people outside the church. I don't, boy, I don't delve into y'all because y'all are going. Is he talking about Susie over there? No. I am. Lisa and I spend time with people and and. She was talking to someone the other day, a Christian, a Christian woman, and she said, I'm just so frustrated, I finally got a boyfriend, and we're gonna move in together to see if we're compatible. And she knows Lisa's a pastor. This woman is dumb as a rock. Is she reading her Bible? No. Most Christians do not read their Bible. Most Christians do not read a Bible. Books are good, but books are not the word. Sermons are good on CDs. It is not the word. Now someone said, "Well, pastor, you like to make bread. It's a lot of work. It is work worth doing. Yes. Amen. Amen. Well, I don't have time to read. It is worth doing. Amen. It is the only place you're going to get any life. Amen. How am I doing? Amen. Okay. So far, you're, you're 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 only basically small, quiet. Yeah. I told you I'm I'm prophesying. I didn't get a sermon out of a book. And that makes it very uncomfortable. But I love him more than I do you, so I'm going to continue. And I love you too. He said, leadership is Bible principles without consecration to God. Go with me to Matthew 16. What happened to the little lady that Lisa was talking to? the same thing that happens to most christians you're looking at your life and asking here's a question almost everybody asks me why do you really want me to answer that you know you don't because it'll be the end of our friendship But I'll guarantee you one thing. There's nothing wrong with the word. Let me read a few scriptures to you. Are y'all ready for a little consecration to God? Are y'all ready for some discipleship, not just leadership? Jesus never taught leadership, but he did teach discipleship. Are y'all listening? That's a... That's huge in our culture. If what you know works in corporate, Mm -hmm. you probably need to go a little deeper. Mm -hmm. This is a scripture you won't hear at a corporate leadership meeting. And Jesus said to disciples, anyone desires to come after me, deny yourself, take your cross, and follow me. Ain't nobody ever told you in a leadership meeting that you needed to kill yourself. That's true. But you do. You do. I have a couple here this morning. I want to introduce them to you Mr. and Mrs. Bevel. I want you to know what I didn't call them. I was at the wedding. Do you know what took place at the wedding? Do you know why we have weddings? Why do we do it? Because there's two people that are about to cut a blood covenant. Do you know what makes the wedding a wedding? It's the vows. During the wedding these two came forward. I looked at her father and said, "Who gives this woman in marriage?" Her father said, "I do," and he stepped away. That must happen. She I turned to him and said, "Take your bride and come forward." And then they did something very powerful. He gave himself to her. Yeah, right. I, Kelby, did I say that right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> you and your brother, your names always. <laughs> Give myself to you to be a husband to you. Yeah. Yeah. Very important that he say those words. And then I said, Shante, do you. And then she said, power, I give you me. Let me tell you what a Christian is not. You're not a convert. There is no such a thing as a get out of hell card. I'm getting strong too, but a little too strong. I'll calm down. I get sick of Hallmark movies where they stand up and say nothing. I promise to be your friend, honey. You can be his friend without being married. You don't have to stand there and say, "I be your friend." Once that happened, her identity is gone. She's Mrs. Bevel. Once you see Jesus accepted you and I, being born again is when you step forward and you say to Jesus, from this day forward, you're not just Savior. You are the Lord of my life, and your last name becomes in Christ. Christians don't have a life anymore you don't have now listen she didn't get hurt by that he didn't get hurt by that you didn't get hurt the day you got born again you inherited everything God is but he got you and he had better get you 100 percent this ain't taught in leadership meeting this is not about Success. That's right. Woo! Jesus is Lord. I mean, can we do another scripture? Yes. Let's see, and if I get a little excited, I'm going to tell you all another story. I got to tell you. Another, I got to stop right now and warn you about the Holy Ghost. Years ago, Andrew Womack was up in the mountains of Colorado, and he came around a corner. And there was a dead horse in the road. And a car had hit it and crashed. Andrew got out of his car. Another car came around the corner and hit the other car. Andrew got out of his car and ran down the road and started waving at people. He got the finger. Get out of the way, fool! He jumped in front of the car, and, and again, and they, and they cussed him. And after they slowed down and cussed him, and they went around and went, thank you. I don't care if you cuss me. Some of you people are going to thank me in a few years because you're running 70 miles an hour down a road right now, and, you, and, and without consecration to God... You're headed to disaster. Americans are in love with money. They're in love with work. They're in love with everything except Jesus Christ. What a convenience to go to church and have a get out of hell card. There was a little more to it the day you got born again. So the lady that Lisa was talking about the other day, talking about, we're just going to shack up together until I find out whether, I'm thinking, darling, you might want to go home and break open James, because you've never read it. it. So if you get mad and give me the finger today, I'm fine with that. You'll love me next month. And I'm going to say one more thing to you, please just bear with me. I'm tired of burying y'all early. I really am. I I am tired of the hospital. Pray with me for all of my undisciplined Christian life and get me out of this mess. I love you, but I'm going to see if I can get some of y'all slowed down before y'all go around the corner. Jesus is Lord. Y'all are still a little quiet. That's okay. I'm still the best pastor in this city. Because you don't walk out of here and go, I wonder what he said meant. And I will feed you milk. But there will come a day when I'm going to pull the bottle out of your mouth. Whoa, Jesus. What's my next scripture? Y'all ready? Matthew 10. I'm starting to feel it. You know, there's a, y'all know the hippie movement. They said, y'all giving off vibes. There's some Sunday mornings I'm getting vibes out of it. See, I like coming over here. I, I get good vibes right here. There's God, this vibe. I need some vibes right now. I'm fixing to walk back over there and a the vibe. Uh... We're going to actually, I'm going to read a scripture to you. I'm going to break a scripture. Don't you think I came to bring peace on earth? I didn't. Come on, that's good. Jesus. Jesus. I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against your mother, and a daughter-in-law against your mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be those in his own house. Anybody who loves your mommy, your daddy, your dog, your cat, your business more than me, you and is not worthy of me. Amen. Ow, ow, ow. Glory God. God, listen to me. He paid a high price for you. And he's not sharing his bride with anybody. Would you fall in love with anything on this planet more than Jesus? Went quiet. Well, I went to a birthday party. Stop it. don't you ever trade time with God for a birthday party? What, I keep asking, I got, I'm gonna ask my wife a real dumb question, y'all, hold on. What's, what's Donald Trump's wife's name? Melania. 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 I'm gonna help y'all with something. Melania, a beautiful woman. She was a model. But when Donald calls her, it really doesn't matter what she was doing. She doesn't need to be a model anymore. She can, but she don't need it. You don't need most of the things you're chasing, but you do need him. Nothing on this planet trumps your walk with God and nothing trumps this book. Thank you. I got one amen. Can I get another? I like that. I Can I have another when I want more? Can I have another? Can I have another? And can I have a third one? Now I'm gonna say something right now. that's gonna make you mad. We had meetings with a man of God here, and half of y'all didn't show up. That is foolish. Because nothing you did will take you where only the anointing can take you. I've got to come back over here now. The vibes over here are not good. So I'm going to explain that to y'all in a term that you can understand it. Goliath was a man of war. And from the time he was old enough to swing a stick, he trained in war. I don't know how old he was in the story 30 40 years old and he got killed by a boy with the anointing one kid with the touch of god killed a warrior everything you're doing right now outside of the anointing of god is wasted time. Solomon never went to school a day in his life. I'm not, I'm not anti-school. You go to school without the anointing of God, you're wasting money. Because the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Solomon never darkened a door. Jesus at 12, 12 was blowing the minds of men because of the word and the anointing. The anointing of God is the only thing that'll take you where you're going. It's the only thing that got you where you are. Why are you walking away from it to go do something Worthless. Not worth, I mean, it's not worth it completely. I mean, eating McDonald's is, I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world. Better than dying, but there is better food. Thank you. I'm going to come back over here. Do you know what the bread is between a hamburger? It's something to keep the grease off your fingers. I'm not, I'm not anti-anything. I'm just very pro. There's only one book that'll feed your spirit. There's only one book, and you're going to have to grind it. And you're going to have to get the life out of it. And if you don't, you're just walking around dead. Boy, I I got, can I read one more scripture? I'm going to anyway say amen. Matthew 7. You see, I have all these scriptures. I read them, and, and they, they're good for me. Have y'all ever had a bad day? You know why? You didn't read your Bible. I have been to meetings where I walked out and went, God, ah, that was good. You know what it's like next morning? What'd they say? What was that all about? I just found out that daily bread meant daily bread. (laughs) Lisa was telling a story earlier about her and I being married and she went off to the store and I asked her where she was going. There's just something about being married where you, your marriage is not something that you did. It's something you're doing. Christianity is not what you did, it's what you're doing. If you don't, if your relationship with God's more than a day old, you're messed up. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. Y'all have 37 minutes and I will let you go. But you're not going home like you walked in here. Nine out of ten people in the United States will not make heaven. That is sad. And nine out of ten Christians will not live in victory. You will. You come in here, I'm going to guarantee you are going to live in victory this side of heaven. I got a lot more in leadership to teach you. I'm gonna disciple you. If you'll let me. Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father. A lot of Christians need to read that. This is not about what you believe, this is a life. Many will say, We prophesied. We went to church. We gave tithes and offerings. I say to you, I never knew you. I don't even know who you are. Right. That's good. It is good. I got to read something. My name is Daryl in Christ. Yes. Christ in. That is my identity. A convert wants heaven without dying. A disciple dies so he can be like Jesus and walk with him. A convert to convert Jesus is Savior to a disciple Jesus is Lord. A lot of difference. I wrote a story here the Lord gave me and I'm just going to read it to you. It's kind of short. A man sitting on the road with a cup, we come along and we give him money, we give him a shower, we give him a shave, we give him clothes, food, and we take him to a place where he can be warm and then we turn him over to a pastor. Pastors have jobs. We're not evangelists. Take care of him, teach him to be productive And get him a job and hand him a manual to live by. Folks, listen to me. When Jesus walked the shores, he healed people to advertise the kingdom. He's advertising, come home. He said something to the Capernaum people. He healed everybody in that town. Later, he said, Capernaum, you'll be cast to hell because you didn't repent. God is not healing you because you hurt. Wait, well, his he healing could you hurt? He's advertising him. He wants you to come to him. He wants you to get rid of your cup and your beggar mentality on the side of the road. Leave the beggar life, go somewhere where they teach you how to get a job, become productive, Buy a house, start a family, and then go back out in the streets and help other people that are in the same plight you were in when we found you. You're not supposed to stay a carnal baby Christian all your life. Wow. Say it backwards. You don't need Jonathan Shuttlesworth after you've been saved five years. He's out advertising for the kingdom, giving you healing. But there is a process where you're to go, thank you for, he's, God gives you food, it's grace. He gives you help, it's grace. But he's wanting you to get out of that and come out of that to a different way of living. You're supposed to be changing and growing into the image of Jesus. You're not supposed to be in the church 30 years and still on tip. Quit sucking milk. Every Sunday can't be milk. For people been born again 30 years. Can we go lower? 10. Maybe five. Something's wrong. When you see a Christian with a cup. I need healing. You need Jesus. You need to come home. Yeah. Yeah, Health is better than healing. Amen. <laughs> you say, well, I'm just struggling with getting the healing. Why don't you get on your face and get right with God? Amen. Yeah. Why don't you get your Bible out and start reading more than just healing scriptures? Like the ones I just read that you went. Whoa. More to this than I thought. Yeah, there's a whole lot more to being married. Y'all ain't learned nothing yet. I want to counsel with y'all in about three months. I mean, we're going to have to talk about some stuff. Y'all have already got some questions. You're like, what about that? Do you know why you get married before sex? So you'll stay. Right after Lisa and I got married, she went home. She walked in the house, she said, mom, I can't cut him. She'd never met a man. Going from a little girl to marriage, huge, independent kid gets married. Mm -hmm. Ah! They're in for a shock. Her mother said, well, write down all the things you don't like. And Lisa said, turn the page over, write down what you do like. She said, which list is long as she said the back? She said, go home. Go work it out. Honey, listen to me. You shack up with a man hoping he'll fall in love with you. He's got everything he wants. You gave it to him with no, don't do If you love me, let me. I'll let you. Put a ring on my finger. I'll let you. Give me your name. Give me your credit card. I'll let you. Well, we're going to have to talk about marriage some more. We're going to have to talk about this. All right. Am I doing all right? There's eight of you. That's good. We'll go with eight. <laughs> John 8. John 8. <laughs> I was looking forward to today. Now I can't wait till I'm leaving too. I'm leaving in a minute myself. I've got to, i got to go. i got to get out of here. Lisa, I want some good lunch. Let's you and me go out and party tonight. I mean, I just, oh, glory to God. Jesus is Lord. Let's talk, about, let's talk about this book in your lap called a Bible. Let's talk about this book. You're supposed to be reading. It is a most vital truth of the divine working that the word of God is the pattern by which the ministry of church is framed. The glory of the body of Christ is the fact that its members are living members, each with a personal will. That's you. The Holy Spirit comes into these individual members in order to bring them into unity with the will and purpose of the head of the church. This is not done through impulse alone. Impulse inaugurates obedience toward the head, but the renewed mind cannot be fully instructed except through the word of God. Consequently, it is only as the word is meditated upon, understood, and obeyed, that the head of the church has freedom of action through its members. How little the average member feeds with careful mastication upon the word, most of us know from experience. The head of the church cannot help you past your knowledge of the Bible. How much you love him, how full you are of God, the Holy Ghost. Until your mind is renewed with the word of God, he cannot lead you. He cannot guide you. He cannot help you. Give us today my daily bread. The average church member, and I say this with all the grace in my heart. Most pastors are dumber than rocks. They go to cemetery and learn theology and teach you nothing. They don't know. Get out of those churches. Get out of there. Pray for him. Go someplace where someone is opening the Bible up. And preaching all of it. Who you are in Christ, what belongs to you, your authority as a believer. Only through the knowledge of the Word of God is God going to be able to help you. And your lack of it is your number one problem because you've done everything except read it. Thank you. Pastor, I have a question. Wow. Here's the Bible. See you tomorrow. Oh, boy. (laughs) Y'all went quiet on me again. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you. I got 25 minutes. Can y'all handle 25 more minutes? You ain't going home like you walked in here. Jesus is Lord. His will in a form that is understandable is by the renewed mind. The renewed mind, while understanding the word, lacks power to perform it. The fullness of the Spirit is the incoming of the Spirit of God to empower the human spirit to carry into effect the accepted will of the head of the church. But unless... The word is richly indwells in the mind. The spirit of God, although present in you in fullness, has nothing to work with. Nothing. Yeah, it's good. The time period, from the time you got born again, there's a time period That God's grace is on you. He's doing for you what you just don't have any sense. But He's not gonna let you stay there. And then you come along going, The Lord left me. He didn't. He took His hand off you and said, Grow up. Oh boy, it is good, Justin, thank you. Ephesians 4. I got two more scriptures, y'all. Just bear with me, please. And if you, if you never come back, I want to let you know something. I pray in Jesus' name you never sleep again. <laughs> Glory to God, help him Jesus. What did Mark say? A thousand fleas infest the air pit under the earth. I don't know how Mark says that anyway. Come on. Oh God, help me Jesus. Come on. Someone said I wished I was a pastor. I wish you were too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Ephesians 4:10. And he gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till or until 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 We come to the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, and to a mature man, the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. No longer children tossed to and fro, carried about by every wind of doctrine, trickery of men, crafted deceitfulness, but speak the truth in love. You need to grow up in all things into the head. Who is the body, the joint fit together that every joint supplies according to effective working of a share causes growth of the body of Christ. What in the world do you think God puts these men in in the, in the body for, because God don't want to see you on the side of the road with a cup anymore. Now you come out of that. Come out of that. Take the grace of God and go spend time and grow in grow in God. After today, get go home and carve out time and pick. Start with if if you're having trouble with sin, start in the book of James it will clean your clock. You'll scream and read and scream and read. Ah! Read some more. The word, (laughs) thy word have I hid in my heart that I do not sin against you. Now I'm going to say something to y'all. I am a little bit afraid of God. Some of y'all are not, but I am a little bit afraid of him because he's God and I know he ain't playing no game and I am afraid of sin. I, I stay out of it, away from it. If I have a rattlesnake in my house, everything stops until we find it. By the way, y'all come for dinner. There's a rattlesnake loose. If you happen to hear him or see him, would you let us know? You need to leave my house right now. You don't need. Rick Renner told the story about when he was younger, he had a pet boa constrictor. Have y'all ever heard him tell the story? Oh, God, y'all didn't. It got out. His name was Lucifer. It got out of the cage one day and began to wrap around Rick. True story. It was suffocating him to death. It's a grace of God that he got that snake off of him. Number 1, don't buy boa constrictors. Number 2, don't name it Lucifer. Number 3, don't let it out of the cage. I don't know the rest of the story, but anybody that has a bow constrictor has lost their mind. When I go fishing, I carry a 357, And I've had times when I'm bow fishing, seeing a snake come between my legs, I just shoot it, put it my gun back and go back fishing. Lisa won't go fishing with me because of that. Just every snake needs a bullet. Was that a good snake? It is now. (laughs) (laughs) Hebrews chapter five. Father, help me with this next 20 minutes. Help them with them. 512, though by this time, Can we read? You ought to be teaching. Not there. There comes a point if you're a born-again Christian, you ought to be able to share your faith with another person. Every one of you in this room have a call to be an ambassador for Jesus Christ. There is no reason for me to come to your house and lead your children to the Lord. You get your own kids saved. Don't shout me down. We have people who come in all the time to the prayer meetings. They want someone to do their praying for them. When I see them come in, I set them down and I make them pray. I walk up and sit down next to them and say, let's go. And they look at me like, me? Yes. I teach. You follow. And I make them pray. And they'll usually open up an eye or once in a while, see if I'm still there. And they'll pray until I get up, and then they'll quit. And the next Monday, they'll come back and want someone to do their praying for them. Don't ever do it. Make them learn their self. I learned that from a third grade school teacher. I said, Mrs. Armstrong, how do you spell? She said, Daryl, there's a dictionary on the counter. I said, I don't know how to find the word. She said, You will figure it out. That really made me mad. But she taught me to find the answer myself. I need more vibes. Everyone who partakes only in milk, there's milk of the word, is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a baby. Solid food this morning if you're choking. (laughs) I have taken the food and I have smashed it. And put it on the spoon for you. But if you're still waiting on some milk, there will be none this morning. Amen. I will smash your carrots for you. I will smash your peas for you. And I'll smash the chicken to the best. But I'm going to feed it. I may do the airplane hangar mess, <laughs> but you're going to eat something this morning before I get out of here. Open up. Yeah. Open up the hanger just in that. I, I didn't say that, did I? <laughs> Those days are over. I ain't doing the hanging with y'all. Now, do y'all see this? Do you see this? You're praying for a move of God, and I, I get it. Stop. You pray for you. Because a move of God in the earth will begin with you. <laughs> I'm good with that, too. I will leave. Che did this one time when she was a little girl. She, we'd put her in her crib. She'd scream. i close the door. you scream all night for all I care. You're going to bed. You parents... Put them to bed. Train them that their screaming doesn't move you. We need to do the family thing in here real bad. I'm gonna say something else, and this is really gonna get you. I'll never let your kids get in bed with you. They have their own bed. How are you going to have any more kids when the kids are with you? That was too much for y'all. You have to go to bed now. Yours. You're doing all right. Yeah. <laughs> solid food belongs to those who are full age. Those who by reason of using it, doing the word have learned to exercise to discern good and evil. The lady I was talking about earlier, I, I got me a boyfriend to see if we're compatible. What part of, Do not, did you not get, honey? Well, we have Christians who are very confused over right and wrong. Why does God give us children till they're 18? Because they're slow to get it. Your job is to teach them right from wrong. So that when they get married... The spouse doesn't have to. Yeah. Amen. And God help the guy that marries him or the girl. Boy, I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm, I want to read a story to you. Ah, Jesus. See, y'all are giving me vibes again. I don't like it. I don't feel like we're in a Mark Hayton meeting right now. There are stories that Brother Hagen taught us, and things I learned that have helped me immensely in life. I'm going to read one of them to you right now. Some time ago, I was preaching at a convention of ministers. Oh well, Jesus has. Let me let me back up here a minute. Brother Hagen was in a meeting. He fell and he and he tore up his elbow, and he and he went to the hospital. And the Lord told him on the way there, it's not broken. I'll I'll talk to you later. He said, I heard footsteps coming down the corridor toward my room. I looked toward the door to see what's coming. And and just uh, 6.30, too too early for visitors, someone dressed in white walked in my door. I supposed to be a nurse and looked up. It was Jesus. He walked in the hospital, pulled up a chair, and sat down with Kenneth Hagin. You might say, that's cool. (laughs) Yeah, kind of. Jesus approached my bed and sat down in a chair, it seemed robed in white. He began a conversation said, I told you in the automobile the other night as you approached, your arm's are not broken. I told you I'd talk to you later. Now it's later. All right. In the hospital room, the Lord reminded me of what he told me the other night in the car. Okay. Um, he said, You're commended for taking me at my word. And he went on, oh, Now I want to say this. This happened to you, not because it was my perfect will. This is not my will. However, it happened because you got out of my perfect will into my permissive. And reminded me of the scripture, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by renewing your mind, that you can prove the good, acceptable, perfect will of God. The Lord explained that He permits people to go through things that are not His will. For example, he said it wasn't my will that Israel have a king, but they kept pestering me and I gave one anyway. Some time ago you were preaching at a convention of ministers. You stated that your ministry was a prophet and teacher. You got into trouble because you reverse the order and have put your teaching ministry first and your prophetic ministry second why would a prophet not want to be a prophet because it's very uncomfortable to stand up in front of 250 people on Sunday morning and say thus says the lord sometimes the messages are not exactly the TV stuff. TV has to pay its bills. Never mind. When you did that, you got out of my perfect will into the permissive, thus you opened the door to the devil to attack you. You might ask why, if I knew you were going to fall and hurt your arm, I didn't prevent it. I could have, but I didn't want to. Instead of your being angry with me for not preventing this, you should be glad I allowed it. If I hadn't permitted Satan to do this and arrest your attention, you would not have lived past 55 years of age. Some of y'all need to read some books. You cannot continue the way you're going in the permissive carnal will of God And look at me near next year, three years, and go, why? I'm going to arrest you now. There are things you're doing that are opening the door to the devil. He's wreaking havoc in your house, with your children, with your family. You need to come back to God. I'm not talking about be born again. I'm talking about make him Lord of your life. Get in your Bible and read scriptures you don't like. Like if you love your children more than me. I don't ever want to hear you women ever go, my baby again for your 30-year-old children. If you're that hard up, you need Jesus bad. You should not be lonely. Lisa's not my all. Jesus is my all. And I better not be her all. Because I will disappoint this woman. Jesus will not. I want her to be so in love with Jesus that she puts up with me. Amen. Are you listening? Okay. Is this all right? I got seven more minutes. This is the third time I've had to talk to you about this. for this reason, I'm going to let you wear your arm in a cast, and I'm going to speed up your healing, but I'm going to, there will always be a certain problem in your arm. I want you to remember, don't you ever disobey me again. I'm a pastor, and I work for Jesus. I can tell you stories, and I will not. But he's tough on me. Everything between me and him has not gone well since I started pastoring, but he has an uncanny ability to get my attention. He won't let me mistreat you or I will know it. He also won't let me get away with not preaching what he says. I will know that too. He's not tolerating as much as you think he is. He's patient. When you're a baby, you, you have no, just drink milk. And you're a child, there's responsibilities. But when you hit adulthood, baby, you quit acting like a big baby. Let me prophesy to some of y'all. I want to see you next Sunday. I don't care how bad your week went. If you don't come for you, come for other people. Grow up. Come to meetings. Quit putting the world first. Grow up. Quit looking to the world for your success. Grow up. You want to live a long time without, without sickness and disease? It's going to be a life of obedience because obedience is faith. Yes. Amen. All faith is if you love me, keep my commandments. Shandai. Ouch. You know how often I read the love scripture? Often. I have a terrible time with love. Is patient. Love is kind. Love hardly notices when the other person does it wrong. Love is not touchy. I usually stop right there and start repenting. Oh Jesus! <laughs> In order to get my attention to bring about my complete submit. Do you understand that if he hadn't arrested him, Raymond, would never would have happened. A lot of stuff goes on in the body of Christ, not God. A lot of stuff going on in our lives, it's not God. I've had times in my life where I had to go back. And I'm going to tell you one more story real quick. I'm not going to read it to you. E.W. Kenyon, when he got born again, he was a Methodist boy who got saved and then he backslid. He came back to God and he began to pastor a, a free will Baptist church. One day he got Peritonitis. He's dying. He sat right there and he consecrated himself to God. He said, no longer will I do what I want to the way I want to do it. From this day forward, you're not just Savior. You are Lord. man walked in the hospital room, laid hands on him. He was instantly healed. His feet were already turning blue from the death. And God healed him. And that man went on to write books that T.L. Osborne, some of the greatest men of God that ever walked this earth, read his theology and turned the world upside down. One man separated under God. You can be married to a wild husband, a wild wife and, and stay married. And it's not a real you can be a born-again Christian. And you can be wild. And Jesus loves you. And you'll go to heaven when you die. But it's not the best life. The faith message I preach only works to consecrated people. That answers why. You're not separated under God. What, what Mark preaches will not work for you. What Kenneth Copeland preaches will not work. What I preach will not work. You can't sit in church, stare at the wall and think that you're absorbing it by osmosis. Get your Bible out and go home and get it. Get to know the God that wrote it. How am I doing? You have no idea how my heart breaks for you. I watch some of y'all struggle. And I, and I pray, God, help me. I pray for you. I pray for you. And I'm just going to tell you that unless you do, it was what I preached this morning. Forget it. You're doing every day of your life what you want to do. You need to change some of your wants. The number one commandment in the New Testament: love God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength and all your mind. He paid a high price for us. That cross was yours, that hell was yours. He did that for you. He's looking for you to respond with love. This man married this woman for companionship. Not a cook. Not someone to clean his house. Those are good. Don't forget it. And I know why he married her, because men want companionship. God saved you to walk with you. He saved you for family, for friendship, the rest of it. Your job is not your source. Your education is not your source. God is your source. Father God, I, I was so excited this morning when I woke up because I knew I had a word from, from you. And I love you with all of my heart. I love, I love your church. I love people. I know that some things people are hearing right now are like, go back to who we are in Christ. I know that. But many of them are headed down a road right now 70 miles an hour with a crash around the corner. And they've got to slow it down. It's time to go back to the basics. This life on this planet without consecration to you not worth living. It's the answer we've all looked for. I pray everybody in the sound of my voice would at least hear what I say and hear what you're saying, not me. I'm just putting voice to your word. Pick our Bibles back up. Masticate that thing. You said if you abided in me and my words abide you said I sent my word and healed them. Why are we looking for everything in life outside of the Bible laying in our lap? I don't know. There's many people in this room right this minute need to pick it up, start reading it, read it in the Holy Ghost. I give you thanks. Many of you are praying right now, and I appreciate that. Your children need you to be on fire for God. Quit telling them what to do. Show them what to do. Let them pattern after you. If you're not on fire for God, they have no pattern. Your spouse doesn't want to hear you run your mouth anymore. If you're a Christian... They want to see Jesus. Melitol no dia la Now, now, now. La hala Oh, yaroy shumo koaro are vrushto roro bello oto ma You said, where are you? I've been praying. Where are you? I'm on your tabletop. Open it up and read it. Now, get to know me through the word that I gave you. Not through experiences. I gave you my word. My word is life. My word is food my word my word is me. To the degree you love the word you love me I will manifest myself to you when you do what I told you to do. There's a lot of distractions in the earth today. There's a lot of things to do and a lot of things where you could begin to play, conversations that you have and people that you see, but not at the expense of spending time with me. Everything you need the days that you're here, everything in your heart that you'll ever hold dear comes from spending time alone with me. I'm very jealous for you. I am a jealous husband. I am a very jealous, jealous God. My church is the delight of my heart. And some of you, I say, where have you been? Don't make a religion out of me. I'm your father. I'm your husband. I'm your friend. <laughs> if you listen to what I said today, your life will turn into a garden the things that you've prayed and been questioned about, I still have mercy, even though you know better. I'm still a God of mercy. Don't be afraid to say, I missed it. I'll take you back. I'll wash you. I'll clean you. We will forget everything you ever did wrong and restore you back to the place that you once were for my heart yearns to be with you my heart yearns for you to sit with me soon I'll be back and we'll be together forever and you'll not go through what you're going through now But for the time being, I'm always there for you. I'll always be here for you. Like the commercial said, the door's always open, the light's always on. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this morning. I pray, Father, there's people sitting in this room right now that are making adjustments, slowing down, coming back to what's important. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel to our podcast to our SoundCloud and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages and it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.